What's up, New York? You're listening to the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's solo episode of the Empire State Conservative Network Podcast. This is Pete. And for those of you new to the show, first off, welcome. And to make sure that you're in the right place, this show is for New York-based conservatives who feel ostracized by friends, family, co-workers for thinking differently than they do, for either being a Republican or just not a Democrat. So if you share constitutional conservative values, or even if you're more libertarian, you're welcome here. You can feel free to join our Facebook group, just type in Empire State Conservatives in the search bar. You can just like, there's no admittance or anything that you need to do. We will let you in and uh, we welcome you to our community. And thank you again for watching the show. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, whether it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and please leave us a five-star review. Really helps us out in the rankings, looking to acquire some awesome sponsors this year. But anyway, let's get into today's business. So again, my name is Pete. I do a solo show every Wednesday and it goes up sometime either in the afternoon or early evening. Today, I got a little bit of a later start today than I usually do. That's okay. Also, if you're watching this, whether it's on Facebook in the group or on YouTube, you might notice that my lip is busted. I mentioned on the show yesterday, I got hit in the face over the weekend. I was playing a pickup softball game and I was fielding a ball, took a bad hop hit me in the mouth. You should have seen how big my lip was on Sunday or even yesterday. It's getting better. Hopefully by tomorrow, Thursday or Friday, it's down to a normal size and still a little black and blue as you can see here. So I apologize for that. Uh, But uh, let's get into some topics today. So I'm going to start with our favorite congresswoman from New York, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I'm going to get into the governor and we're going to go into a few other things as well. So to start off, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez went off the walls. This was according to the Daily Wire on Rachel Maddow last night. I watched the video. I'm going to read you a lot of what she had to say because it's absolutely ridiculous. So to start off, when she was on the show, she uh, definitely went off on a bad foot. So she said, I cannot tell you the amount of dysfunction that the pre- this president is advancing. We have now over 100 new members of this freshman class. She's referring to new members of Congress. And I cannot even get laptops to my caseworkers in the Bronx and Queens so they can process the needs of our constituents. Oh no, too bad. Federal government cannot provide my stuff. Anyway, during the shutdown, or in general, why the hell should... We cannot get their casework started because we cannot even get laptops in the hands of our district offices because the president has decided to hold the paychecks of everyday Americans hostage so that he can fulfill a campaign, I don't even want to call it a promise, a campaign fantasy that the vast majority of Americans disapprove of. Actually, that's not true, but we continue. And not only that, but in the actual address, she's referring now to what he said last night, this was on the Rachel Maddow show again, in direct response to what he said. And she said, and I quote, and not only that, but in the actual address, there was falsehood after falsehood, and we have to make sure that we get our facts straight. Everyday immigrants, excuse me, commit crimes at a far lower rate than everyday Americans. Yeah, that may actually be true. But illegal immigrants are already breaking the law entering this country illegally. And there are thousands of incidences every year where illegal immigrants are directly responsible for the deaths of our citizens. So the president is not wrong about that. Now, it's one thing to deal with our actual citizens and our actual legal population, both our citizens and our legal immigrants in terms of those who take the lives of other Americans or perform some crime against other Americans. It's quite another to condone starting off your time in this country doing an illegal behavior. But let's continue. And not only that, but the women and children on that border that are trying to seek refuge and seek opportunity in the United States of America with nothing but the shirt on their back are acting more American than any person who seeks to keep them out ever will be. Again, you're not acting American if you're breaking our nation's laws. The president wants a border wall. Why does he want a border wall? Because he wants to keep out the flow of illegal immigrants from the southern border. Now, it's one of the, if not the biggest area, where illegal immigrants come in. And yes, while we do have border fencing in certain areas of the south, it's nowhere near across the south, and not all of it keeps people out. Now, there are certainly several parts that keep up to 94% of folks who encounter it out, or... I'm sorry, there was a reduction to 94% fewer people who were able to cross in certain areas because of border fencing, which is great. But 
they, they're going on and on about how they're American or they're more American than the president or anyone else. And yet, again, they're not legal citizens of this country. They're not coming here the right way. Now, we can have a discussion, if you want, about our immigration policies because they are really, really messed up. But um, it does take a long time for most people to go through all the proper channels and paperwork and all these different things to get here. I understand that. And I understand for a lot of these people, they may live in dire poverty and circumstances where they're fed and it's not through a fault of their own. They do though, ultimately choose to break our laws and enter our country illegally. They are told, okay, these coyotes or these people or this path or whatever will take you to the country. Here's what you can expect along the way. But if you get in and you get past border security and you're not detained, then there is a place on the other side. And trust me, employers are much more willing to hire illegal immigrants to do menial tasks that don't really necessitate them speaking English or, or doing very much because they're going to work longer and harder for pennies on the dollar compared to most Americans. Now, the problem with entitlement programs and having things like the minimum wage is a whole other thing unto itself. A lot of American workers, whether they're skilled or not skilled, they're, they feel entitled. I deserve to make the minimum wage, which in New York State is going to go up this year. And across the union, they're really pushing to, for, to increase it across the union. But it's not a good thing to do. It's really not a good thing to do. And it incentivizes employers to hire them. And obviously, there are laws on the books now to penalize financially and sometimes criminally, depending on how large an operation that they're running uh, to, to go against these employers. But at the end of the day, again, cheap labor versus I got to pay. And, and Jeff Moore, you check out his blog post on our website, EmpireStickConservativeNetwork.com forward slash blog from earlier today, goes over free market capitalism and why it's going to fix this country. But in it, he goes under this very issue. If you're paying $15 an hour, whatever the minimum wage is, to unskilled laborers, then you're not going to want an unskilled laborer. And you're going to have a lot of turnover because a lot of unskilled people are going to come in. They're going to think that they're entitled to the $15 an hour that they're getting paid. They're not going to do half the job than the legal coming in who knows they got to bust their ass and they're, they're probably getting a raw deal, but they got to bust their ass. They got to make ends meet somehow. Uh, who are you going to hire? It's really that simple. They're coming in here illegally, getting back to Ocasio-Cortez's point, and they're starting off their time spent in this country as a criminal. So just keep that in mind. Then she went on to say, I think it's unsurprising because even before he was elected president of the United States, he, Donald Trump, has a proven track record of discrimination against anybody who's really non-white in the United States. Again, never been proven. He has been sued by the Nixon administration back in the day for not renting to black Americans. He, and, uh, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of misconception about that, but we don't have to touch on that yet. But I'll continue with her quote before we respond to all this. He has had controversy after controversy, so this is very consistent. It's not just the continued lies throughout his administration, but frankly, it's part of a very consistent pattern of his entire life. So you didn't rent to black Americans or minorities or impoverished people in certain parts of New York where he has developed his properties because they probably were not able to afford the rent or the mortgages or whatever that were associated with these properties. It's not because they were black or Hispanic or anything like that. It was probably because they came in, they were not financially qualified to uh, be able to live and reasonably be able to pay their rent and other expenses associated with these properties. And so he didn't discriminate against black Americans per se or Hispanics or anybody like that. I'm 99% sure he just didn't want to deal with a headache when it came to getting a monthly check in terms of the rent on a property. And she went on to say in terms of her home area in the Bronx, Queens district, the 14th congressional district that she represents. But I think it's extremely important you know I represent New York's 14th congressional district. We are 50% immigrant. I represent the Bronx and Queens, Jackson Heights. Over 200 languages are spoken in my district alone. We enjoy some of the highest rates of economic activity, and the Bronx itself has had some of the highest rates of economic growth in all of New York City, and that has been directly, directly correlated with our embrace of immigrants. New York City overall is an immigrant city, and we enjoy a very large amount of economic and cultural prosperity as a result. Now, I do want you to check out an article in the Times Union written by a guy named Chris Churchill. I'm not going to get into it today because I think there are more pressing matters, but he wrote a great piece directed towards the new state legislature and even the governor 
and it went into, please don't forget about the rest of New York, because people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Andrew Cuomo think, well, if in and around the city is doing well, New York City, generally speaking, and maybe some of the surrounding areas are doing well, and the whole state's doing well. And maybe on paper, it may appear that that's true. But just travel to central or upstate New York and check out how so many people really struggle to make it financially because there is not nearly as much economic opportunity. A lot of companies, I went to Syracuse University for my undergraduate degree, and they have the Carrier Dome there. And obviously Carrier, and they made air conditioners and some other types of products. Uh, they were a major manufacturer in that area, but they moved out uh, I forget, was it in the 1980s, I believe, from what I remember? They moved out of New York State because taxes kept getting higher. Whatever deals that they worked out with legislators at the time kind of ran out, and they found that it was more cost-effective for them to not just downsize, but to eventually just get out of the state. So that's what ends up happening. That's what happened not just with Carrier and Syracuse, but a lot of other parts of the state where there may have been major manufacturers, there may have been large opportunities, and now really the only major opportunities in upstate New York are if you work in academia, if you work for a Syracuse university or work for one of the SUNY schools, or you work for the school in some capacity. Like Those are really the only big job makers up there. So there's really not a lot of economic prosperity going out outside of New York City, and Way too often in, in the last few decades, state legislators, the governors, the state assembly and senate, they do not pay attention to any area outside of the city. They just want to continue to attract people to New York City. And a lot of people do still come to New York City. Amazon came to New York City, and obviously they were given a huge number of tax breaks and incentives for coming here, even though they might have gotten better financial deals in other areas. But outside of that, a lot of people are struggling. And you look in our group on Empire State Conservatives on Facebook, and you see the number of people who talk about how they're struggling, how the people in their neighborhoods and that they've grown up with in their part of the state are struggling and how there doesn't seem to be a way out because they're continually neglected. And that's why 70%, 70% of New Yorkers do not vote. We got embarrassed during the midterm elections. Evan and I talk about this all the time, and it's so true. We got embarrassed. And yes, Mark Molinaro was not a great Republican candidate, and a lot of people don't vote third party. I personally thought Larry Sharp, who, by the way, will be a guest on our show in the near future. We're still trying to finalize a date, but he will be coming on. We've been in personal contact with him. Uh, anyway, there, we didn't have a good Republican candidate, and we didn't get out to vote. And we can easily outvote the city. Every conservative in New York said, again, you don't have to be a registered Republican. You can be more of a constitutional conservative and independent. You may not be registered with the party. But if you got out and voted, and you voted against Cuomo and other state legislators who are doing no good, Chuck Schumer, another perfect example. You look at him looking like a vampire in that response to President Trump's speech last night about the border wall and the government shutdown. But getting back, um, you... you these people think that just because the city is prosperous and it continues to do well, that the rest of the state is doing well. And that's just simply not true. It's misinformation. It's misdirection. It's just a political ploy. I don't know, quite frankly, if Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez understands. She's very charismatic. You know, she's very likable. Like, if she knew half of what she was talking about, she would be a very likable, you know, almost a you know, female version of Obama-esque candidate. But unfortunately, she puts her foot in her mouth way too much. She's had way too many gaffes already. And in this day and age where everything is caught on tape and it's uploaded onto the internet, whether in audio or video form, and there's evidence that you said something stupid. And that's what's happening with the wall. Chuck Schumer going back on his word from just a few short years ago about border security. And literally, the president called it out in his speech last night. The reason that they are not giving him any funding for his border wall, even though just one year ago, they gave him, they were going to give him five times that or close to six times that for the border wall the reason they're not doing it is because he is president because now they have the house and they believe they have some momentum heading into 2022 unseat him as president and perhaps take control of both houses of congress which is a very scary thing if i do say so myself so a very ignorant statement from alexandria ocasio-cortez and i get she represents that particular district but at the same time you can't talk about how new york is prosperous when 
It's really not. And we have a huge out-migration problem. We led the union last year in terms of the percentage of our population that left. And we are 50th out of 50, according to the Cato Institute, in terms of economic freedom. And with a very blue legislature now in the state assembly and senate, and with Governor Cuomo starting his third term, we are in for a shit storm, which I'm going to get into very shortly. But let's just finish up what she said. So she, she went on to say that she thought that Americans eat out three times a day. Now, coming from a pretty privileged place in Westchester, and they saw some of her story, and yes, it's sad that her dad died, and it looked like they had a modest type of house, but it's a very wealthy area that she grew up in. But she said, I can tell you a very personal story in talking about how she assumes that, again, Americans eat out three times a day, and trying to relate that to why we need illegal immigrants. As many people know, I was working in restaurants just a year ago. And when the president first assumed office with this racist and violent rhetoric, people started to send themselves home. And as we know, in restaurants, hospitality, every American eats if you can. If you're lucky enough, we're able to eat three times a day. Three squares a day, right? And that means that we interact with the people who prepare our food three times a day. Well, personally, I probably only eat out a few times a week and I prepare most of my food, so, and I get Prime now delivered to my door. So, I, yeah, that might be privileged, obviously, where I'm getting food from Whole Foods delivered to my home. But uh, I prepare my own food. I think most people prepare most of their own food. I don't think people eat out nearly as often as she does, but let's continue. You can't afford that. But anyway, and that means that we interact with the people who prepare our food three times a day. When those people start to go home, or rather go back to the countries which they originated from, because many of them consider the United States their home, those places, they go into dysfunction. Now, those places, I'm assuming she's talking about the restaurants and places like that. And again, restaurants hire people like that. First of all, restaurants often don't pay very livable wages. A lot of people survive on tips. Waiters and waitresses, bartenders, they survive on tips. They get paid very, very nominal amounts, and that's one of the few industries where you're allowed to do that because, again, they a lot of people make a living, and sometimes a good living, being a bartender or a waiter or a waitress. It's just how it is. But the fact that she thinks, and she's that out of touch with the reality, that she thinks that people eat out three times a day is ridiculous. Then she talked about the need for immigrants to feel safe. I remember when one of our lead cooks brought himself to Mexico... Uh, and I, I think she meant that he left and went back to Mexico because he was so scared of the president's rhetoric. He, we had an insane amount of dysfunction. We're talking about local restaurants. We're talking about local businesses. We're talking about shuttering neighborhoods. We're talking about people feeling unsafe. And no one should feel unsafe in the United States of America. If you're shuttering restaurants and neighborhoods and all these things, then guess what? That means the minimum wage and hiring American workers due to these terrible minimum wage laws is stupid. And the reason that the employers are going to cheaper labor in the form of illegal immigrants is because they're pretty much welcome them with open arms. You get passport security, you're in. And you're, and you're willing to take a wage that's much, much less in this country than it is for most people, but in your country, it's way, way more. I've met a lot of illegal immigrants over the years. I'm not, it's, I'm not the type of person that's going to call ICE on anybody by any means, but they have beautiful homes in their home countries. And they never made more than forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 a year. And that was because, A, they got paid under the table, and often they weren't being having taxes taken out in any stretch of the imagination. They were sending a lot of that money home to be saved or utilized by their families. And they were able, in their country, on a salary like that, they're able to afford to live affluently, where the exchange rate is still pretty beneficial in our favor. But that said, if you're doing that much damage to people, then guess what? That means we have to look at how we're treating the market. And again, Jeff Moore wrote a great piece on this earlier today. Again, check it out on our website, empirestickandservernetwork.com forward slash blog, where, <coughs> excuse me, where he talks about this very thing, where if you have to hire unskilled workers at a ridiculous wage, it's not cost effective for an employer. So you're going to have much fewer employees and obviously the business in this case a restaurant or something along those lines is not going to run nearly as well and a couple more things she said that i want to get into and then another stupid thing that she did um then she would talked and attacked ice uh, ice our border 
security. And that includes our amazing, beautiful, and productive immigrant community. And moreover, the one thing that the president has not talked about is the fact that he has systematically engaged in the violation of international human rights on our border. He has separated children from their families. He talked about what happened the day after Christmas. On the day of Christmas, a child died in ICE custody. Again, very tragic, but getting back. The president should not be asking for more money to an agency that has systematically violated human rights. They don't violate human rights. We actually have pretty nice facilities for these people. The problem is they're being overrun. We need more funding, not just for the wall. And the president touched on this in his speech last night and in other, um, in other appearances he's done recently where he's discussed this. And they're not just looking to build the wall by itself. Obviously, that's the big piece of it. But they're also looking to upgrade their facilities and add to their facilities, add more beds, add more food, add more workers who can keep track of these people and can give them a nice humanitarian aid while they're going through declaring for refugee status or going to be heard to see whether or not they're going to legally be allowed into our country or whether they're going to be deported back to where they came from. Anyway, the president should be really defending why we are funding such an agency at all, because right now what we are seeing is death. Right now, what we are seeing is the violation of human rights. These children and these families are being held in what we are called hieleras, which are basically freezing boxes that no person should be maintained in for any amount of time, let alone the amount of time they are being kept in. And moreover, even if you are anti-immigrant in this country, the majority of immigrant overstays, the majority of the reason that people are undocumented is visa overstay, and it's not bad because people are crossing a border illegally. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. Yes, those people who oversee their visas, they are breaking the law. Just like illegal immigrants just crossing the border, the southern border, are breaking the law. But those are not the same types of thing. The people who came here who overstayed their visas, yes, they're committing a crime after their visa expires and they're not able to renew it or apply for citizenship or anything like that. They don't go home. These people are coming in, they're starting off their stay illegally. Those are two different situations. And the president is trying to get rid of this people. And there's and the other piece, which she re referenced, is something that has to be dealt with in a whole other section. And what the problem is, our immigration laws and enforcement, they're understaffed, they're underfunded, and there are way too many loopholes. We actually give illegal immigrants rights that our own citizens don't get. They get to take advantage of entitlements and welfare programs. Andrew Cuomo is trying to pass the DREAM Act, and with the blue legislature that's, that's come in, I'm pretty sure he's going to this year. And that's going to not only give illegal immigrants in New York State the ability to acquire New York State driver's licenses, so legal driver's licenses for illegal people living here. They're not citizens because they're not actual legal people here. But he's also going to allow them take advantage of our education system. And I'm not talking K through 12, like a lot of them already do. I'm talking about higher education. And a lot of them, if you see the videos from the Southern border when there was that huge crisis right before the midterm elections, a lot of them were telling the reporters that they were coming here for a chance to get a secondary education. And they were like late teens, early 20s. Like that was why they were coming here in the first place. So if you mean to tell me that if I can illegally enter a country, and I'm going to be given a valid driver's license that's going to be recognized by any police officer or any law enforcement official who pulls me over. And I can get a secondary education, in many cases free, because I'm going to be below the poverty line, because I'm not going to have nearly enough taxable income in most cases to, to be able to afford it. Huh. Interesting. That's going on our taxpayer dollars. That's not a good thing. Anyway. To continue for what she said, it's not because people are crossing the border illegally. It is because of visa overstay, which, mind you, is talking about legal immigration. It's trying to restrict every form of legal immigration there is in the United States. A giant overreach. He has said on multiple occasions on camera and when he's not reading off a teleprompter like he was last night, but he wants legal immigrants here. Why? Because companies have come back. Companies that went to Mexico and went to other nations where tax rates were much lower, where they were able to be a lot more economically free and build their businesses. And there weren't nearly as many minimum wage laws and things of that nature. They have come back in many senses. And he wants skilled workers to be able to come here from other countries, whether they're impoverished or not. It doesn't matter. He wants skilled workers to come here. And back in the day, it wasn't all unskilled people who came here. A lot of doctors and lawyers and people who had trades came here and were able to then reapply that here in this country. 
So he wants immigrants and he wants legal immigrants. He's trying to get this wall funding and to stack up security at the southern border so that illegal immigrants don't come in. And now the leftist argument against this is that, well, over the last 10 years, the migration patterns have steadily decreased, which is good, but we need to do better. And the fact that the Democrats are not budging on this to this point, because again, they hate him so much. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out. They are still butthurt about 2016. They're so butthurt that Hillary Clinton lost the election. They're so butthurt that they lost both houses in this, in uh, Congress. They lost the Senate and they lost the House of Representatives. Now they have the House back this year. They did not get the Senate back and obviously they don't have the presidency. They don't even have a shot at the presidency until next year. So they're butthurt about this. And now that they have some leverage in the form of the House, they don't want to give them anything, anything. Even though, again, last year, they were willing to fund for the border wall and other aspects of border security almost six times more. So think about that. The last thing she said um, was he's fighting against family reunification. No. He's fighting against the diversity visa lottery. No. He's fighting against almost every way that people can actually legally enter this country. Again, just covered that. No. Forcing them to become undocumented. No. And then he's trying to attack their undocumented status. This is systematic. It is wrong and it's anti-American. Wrong, wrong, wrong. On her part, not on his part. And again, those women and children trying to come here with nothing but the shirts on their back. She loves that line. To create an opportunity and to provide for this nation are acting more in American tradition than the president is right now. No, the American tradition is people came to Ellis Island. They came to real ports of entry. And they declared to, for, for a visa or whether they came here with a visa, or they declared for citizenship. They wanted to come here, and they wanted to be citizens. They did it the right way. There are manifests from Ellis Island from the late 19th and early 20th centuries. People went to Ellis Island, had to write their name in a manifest, and the date that they came in, and where they're from, and all these other things. That happened, and they did it legally. They came here legally. They started businesses. They learned trades if they didn't already have them. They, ha they learned skills if they didn't already have them. And they contributed to building this great society. And unfortunately, we've created way too many loopholes. And this is over decades. This isn't anything new. But we've created way too many loopholes to allow illegals in. And now we're rewarding them even more. So instead of just having a child, and now that child's a citizen, and therefore it's a pain in the ass, and any judge who's not right of center... It's not going to separate that family. Like, so let's say one of the parents gets caught for being an illegal immigrant, but they have the young son or the young daughter who was born in this country. They will find a loophole around that, which is ridiculous. And it's disgraceful. And unfortunately, a lot of them do that because they are that desperate. that They want to cut the line that badly that they're willing to do that. And people are abusing this system. And the Democrats and Ocasio-Cortez, who I don't know if she really is that dumb. It looks like she is. There are people who think it's some type of conspiracy where she's kind of doing this to exploit them. And maybe in two to four years, she's going to come out, ha ha, I'm not really like this. I'm just showing you how ridiculous this side is getting. I don't believe that for a second. I really do think she's not that smart. Or I wouldn't say she's not smart. I don't think she's educated on these matters. I think she thinks way too much with her heart, not enough with her head. She will find statistics and things to support her claims. Often, like Anderson Cooper pointed out in a 60 Minutes interview over the weekend, they're fuzzy and it's absolutely insane. So moving on, keeping on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez though, she's still mum on taking the paycheck. So remember, a couple of weeks back, she made a tweet and Evan and I commended her for it. The only time us or anybody in conservative media has commended her for it. And she said that it was not fair the members of Congress were still receiving pay, and the reason they were receiving pay is because that was covered through 2019 in the previous year's budget. So, and they're also considered an essential form of government. So none of them are missing out on any paychecks. But now, federal workers are starting to miss their paychecks. They were paid all through last year, often they're paid bi-weekly. So now that we're getting towards the middle of the month, some of them are starting to see that they're not getting the checks in that they're supposed to. Again, they're going to get reimbursed. If this goes 21 days, which is the longest shutdown in history, by the way, that was Barack Obama, guys. But even if this goes longer, they're going to get all of that money back. 
So it is a temporary restriction. I can understand if it's a government worker who's not making a lot of money. That sucks. But again, you should not be dependent on the government for your income, for your health, or for anything. So in a way, they chose to work for the federal government. Them not getting paid is on them. I'm sorry, I don't have any sympathy for them. I really don't. A lot of people try to turn around on me on the left and say, well, what if that was you? I said, well, then I'd hit myself in the head and call myself a moron for relying on the federal government to pay me a paycheck once every two weeks. I mean, this country spends way too much. There's way too much partisanship going on right now on both sides of the aisle. I mean, obviously, we are all pretty partisan as well. But I think most of us have an open-minded viewpoint where if the other side does make a good argument, it doesn't happen often, but very, 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 very rarely they do, then they're willing to see it. But They're very much not like that. If you tell someone you're a Republican or that you're a conservative in any way, shape, or form, you're a deplorable, you're a bad person, and it's just not good. But anyway, people were trying to find out, members of the media on both sides were trying to find out whether or not she's taking her paycheck. You saw Elizabeth Warren uh, end of last week said that she was going to donate her entire paycheck until the government was reopened to some refugee organization, which is stupid because she started off her tweet saying, oh, I'm going to pay, uh, I'm going to pay, uh, uh, oh, it's not fair that the federal workers are not getting their money. They're going to start to feel that in the next week. So until the government's reopened, I'm going to donate all of my salary to uh, this refugee organization. It doesn't make any sense. You would think she would donate it to federal employees who are not getting paid, but whatever. So a couple of different sources tried reaching Ocasio-Cortez and her office or her staffers to try to find out. Now, the New York Post tried to get involved and they were evading her question. And then when they finally got in touch with her, she said, I've got to run. And she did exactly that. She ran off. So did she take her paycheck? Of course she took her paycheck. She was just bitching a couple months ago about how she couldn't afford an apartment in D.C. because some people coming into Congress and the Senate are not in a place, even though according to her campaign money and, and some other things, she had more than enough money to cover a month or so's worth of rent before she started receiving her pretty hefty paychecks. But anyway, it just shows you the hypocrisy. Um, not only does she not know what she's talking about, but after making a good point and thinking, okay, maybe she can use this to set an example, not just for the Democrats, but for everyone in Congress in general. Okay, the federal government shut down, but we're still getting paid. It's not fair to federal workers who still have to show up for work, and they don't get paid until God knows when this is going to alleviate. Right now, still today, with everything that's come in, with retorts since then, and apparently a meeting gone bad between the president and Pelosi and Schumer earlier today, um, we don't know when it's going to end. But it doesn't look like any of them are donating their money to federal workers, especially Ocasio-Cortez, who came up with that point in the first place. But Elizabeth Warren, though, she's donating to refugees. Great stuff. Anyway, let's move off of Ocasio-Cortez. I want to go into uh, Andrew Cuomo right now. And he vows to codify, this is according to the Wall Street Journal, he vows to codify the Roe v. Wade decision, which makes abortion a federal right, into the New York Constitution. Now, look. For a lot of conservatives, a lot of people fall variously along the spectrum when it comes to abortion. A lot of people, myself included, feel that it's not right, unless in very, very specific situations, talking about the mother's life is at stake, the child is going to be stillborn, uh, or, you know, well, that's pretty much it, or the, or the mother is raped, uh, or incest, well, obviously rape can be incestual as well. So those are the three instances. So like Hillary Clinton back in the day of all people said, it should be safe, but rare. Okay, so I believe this should should be a state issue and even a local issue. This should be decided by each state. Obviously, New York is, in terms of voting, a blue state. We have a blue legislature. We have a blue governor. Therefore, it's probably going to be available here in New York State, whether we agree with it morally or value-wise or not. Fine. But the fact that he's trying to take a federal mandate the point to the New York State Constitution is absurd. And again, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have a very blue legislature. and He is blue. There's a good chance that he has the votes and the power to do this. And this is a massive overreach, in my opinion. I don't think that this should be codified. Um, 
some can argue that it can be and that okay well in the near future which hopefully in 2020 we can get out and vote we can replace these suckers in the legislature we can replace andrew cuomo as the governor hopefully we can unseat these people and we can undo the damage but again abortion is a very murky issue especially in a blue state and the fact that he might make it part of the state constitution is going to make it that much more difficult to overturn for conservatives who believe that it's not a moral thing now again do i think that it should be available i personally don't think it should be but that's my personal opinion if i was a lawmaker if i was a governor or a president i don't know on all honesty, I would, again, probably leave it up to the states. I would love to see Roe v. Wade overturned because, again, this isn't a federal right. It shouldn't be a federal right. It should be a state-by-state decision. And, oh, my God, if my state doesn't have it available, guess what? I'm sure a neighboring state does. And, yes, is that a minor uh, inconvenience in terms of travel and this and that? Yes. But at the end of the day, that's how it probably should be. But I just wanted to point that out. Again, Governor Cuomo, you're doing great moral ethical work. Now, I want to talk about one more thing today before, or two more things today before we sign off. So really quickly here on Long Island, if many of if you haven't heard, the New York Islanders, they played at Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale for a very long time. <clears throat> they left a few years ago. They're playing in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center right now. And I mean, I guess that's going okay. But they don't, you know, there's issues between Barclays Center and Islanders Brass. And now the Islanders are building a stadium in Belmont Park. And there are people who are really pushing officials. Um, it's not really clear who these officials are, uh, but one of them being Hempstead Town Supervisor Laura Gillen and local labor leaders, of course. Um, they want Long Islanders to get the gigs for the construction of this stadium. Look. I understand that the Islanders are a local team. They are for Long Island, hence the name Long Island, uh, the New York Islanders. So you would think, yes, the more local we can keep it in terms of in- inception from point A to point B, fine. I get that. But what you need to understand, and this is the same thing with the NFL and the kneeling and all this other stuff and the drug testing and things like that, these are private organizations. The New York Islanders are a private company. They're not a public company. They are a private company. When you are a private company, the owner, the board of directors, whoever makes these decisions chooses from their perspective the best talent possible to fulfill certain roles. In this case, they want to build a stadium. They're going to obviously need construction workers, architects, things of that nature. Okay, so Where do you think they should go? If you go about the public route, which is obviously what the unions want, and again, if you're a union worker, I have nothing against you. I have nothing against unions or anything like that. Obviously, they have your interests at heart, and sometimes they push too much, in my opinion, for you to get uh, preliminary treatment. I think private institutions, and this is a very conservative point of view, but I'm an entrepreneur. I would do the same thing. If I had to choose somebody to do a task for me that's going to benefit my business, then I'm going to go with who I think gives me the best opportunity to succeed there at the best price. Now, I would love for that construction firm and that architect and anyone else involved in the construction of this to come from Long Island. I would love that. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know. I haven't done my homework. Maybe the Islanders haven't either. But we need to be careful about this. We really do. We need to be careful about trying to push, and this happens a lot in local and state government, just so you know. Often there has to be, there's a bidding process for any task. Let's say they're redoing sidewalks. There's a bidding process. And often they go with the lowest cost provider. doesn't have to be the best. And in fact, 99% of the time, the lowest cost provider is not the best. They're doing it at a lower price because they're not as good. They don't have the best skilled workers. They don't get it done on time, whatever the case may be. That's why they charge less, so you expect less. But because, obviously, every municipality, every state has a budget, they try to stay as close to under budget as they can. Now, they always... They always exceed their budgets, especially here in New York State. We are not fiscally responsible in New York State. And in fact, it looks like we're going to get much worse than we already are in that regard. With that said, the Islanders have the right, 
as an organization to pick the best construction firm, architect, and whoever else is involved in that process from wherever. So they can look at local people. I'm sure they will look at local people. It's much more convenient to have a local firm handling this than to hire someone from across the country, right? So, but they are allowed and they should be allowed and they shouldn't feel pressured by Laura Gillen and they shouldn't be pressured by local labor unions and leaders to try and hire people here. If they find a good deal with someone who's reputable, who's done this before, whether they rebuilt Nassau Coliseum, whatever the case may be, awesome. I'm all for it. But if they find that the best bet is someone from another state or someone outside of Long Island even, so not even, maybe in New York State, but they're not from Long Island, who cares? Let them do what they want. They are a private business. They can do what they want. Stop trying to expand the reach of government into these private institutions and let them make the best decision for themselves. All right. So I just want to go into that. Obviously, that may not be a popular opinion in the group. I don't know if any of you work for labor unions or are union members of some sort, but there shouldn't be pressure to hire construction workers in this case for the building of a stadium just because they're from Long Island. That is stupid. That's ugh. anyway. All right. Last thing I want to touch on is the FCC. And this is according to uh, the New York Post. The FCC has found New York to be a diverter of 911 fees every year since 2009. And that is something that we call corruption in New York State. And Governor Cuomo has his measly little hands in this, and I'm going to get into that in just a second. But they're siphoning emergency funds collected through cell phone taxes, and they're supposed to only use those funds for 911 emergencies and for keeping those systems online operational and continuing to improve them. So under a federal statute, I'm reading from the article, states are allowed to collect taxes on cell phones, but must use all the money for emergency communication services. However, New York diverts some of the money to other things, a federal regulator says in a new report. This harmful behavior, this is a quote, shortchanges call centers and prevents necessary upgrades, thereby threatening the public safety at their most vulnerable time, or deceives consumers by stealing their money for other spending purposes. And this is according to the FCC's Michael O'Reilly, who investigated this. The FCC, I already went into that. A spokesman for New York State Comptroller Thomas DiNapoli referred questions to the State Assembly, which initiates all money bills and the governor. A spokesman for the Assembly's Speaker's Office didn't respond to repeated questions, of course. But, this is very interesting, a spokesman for Governor Cuomo said the money is properly used. Now, according to lawyer Scott McMackey, who has tried cases in this field, he says he's not a New York resident. But... He thinks New Yorkers, quote, might be concerned that 911 system improvements could be delayed because funds are used for other purposes. So Cuomo's people swear up and down that they're using it for the right reasons. Come on. This is Andrew Cuomo. He's, in, he's going to fight back his own party if they investigate him for other corrupt practices with his campaign. So you mean to tell me for one second that you believe anything that Andrew Cuomo says, especially when he says, oh yeah, we're above board, we're allocating those funds appropriately. And then in the article, which you can check out if you want, he, you know, the, the representative said some gobbledygook about how you're really allowed to allocate those funds to other areas. We're not technically breaking the law. I guarantee you that's BS. And it's really a shame because, again, just like Michael O'Reilly said in there, if people at their most vulnerable times call 911. If you're having a heart attack, you're severely injured, you're in an accident, something happens, you need responders there right away. If those systems fail or if they're not up to par, the, me the mere minutes or even seconds that, that distinguish uh, the call going in to a responder getting to the scene of an emergency can result in life and death. And the fact that this is all just crony corruption is a disgrace. And that is why in 2020, we, New York Empire State Conservatives, we need to get out and we need to vote. I'm getting sick and tired in every post we make about Andrew Cuomo, about out-migration, about things like that. We're not doing this to, sh to rain on your parade. We're not doing this. Everyone knows this. This has been going on for decades, and it's really getting to a tipping point. 
Again, now that the legislature is bluer, now that he's in his third term and he's feeling more and more powerful and he builds power every time he gets reelected, that's how politics works. This state is getting run into the ground at the expense of the city. The rest of the state is getting run into the ground. This is not good news for New Yorkers. We cannot be complacent next time around in 2020 when we can vote Cuomo out, when we can vote Schumer out, and we can vote out a lot of these state assembly people and our local representatives. We need to vote either red or yellow for libertarian, whatever or gold, whatever the case may be. We need to get out and we need to vote. And that is why we founded this network. We are found this network to get you guys riled up, to get you to stay here and to fight for this once great state. There's still pinnacles of greatness in it. But we need to get the right people in office. And that starts with the New York Republican Committee. That starts with finding good, good conservative legislators who will run against Cuomo, who will run against Schumer, who will run for local office and will look to cut back on spending, to stop taxing the residents so much. Whether it's state income tax, property tax, you name it. It's ridiculous. We need to get out. We need to vote. We need to get these people out before they do too much damage. And they're going to do damage before 2020. I guarantee you they're going to do damage. They have to do damage because they know this might be a rare chance where they can enact some of their extremely radical socialist type proposals. We can't allow it to happen. We have to get out and vote. And that's why we founded Empire State Conservative Network. Me, myself, no, myself, sorry, Evan and Justin. So... We have merchandise coming your way. We have these wristbands. Don't let fear take your freedom wristbands. I'm just moving it around for those of you watching. Uh, we, have only, we have only about 10 left in stock. Feel free to go onto our website, EmpireStickerServerNetwork.com forward slash store and buy those now. We also have merchandise. We have t-shirts, hoodies, and hats coming in. We have some great ideas. We're going to have uh, Andrew Cuomo targets, like range targets, going on sale in the very near future. We're going to have a red New York flag, which you can hang in your front yard. If you have a flagpole, you can hang it off the side of your house, wherever, and you can show who you are, who you represent, and what you want the state to become in the very near future. And we can do it. Evan and I talk about it all the time. If the gun owners, the 4 million gun owners in New York City got out and voted last election, Cuomo doesn't win. But he won. There were less than 6 million votes in the entire election for statewide um, for statewide bodies. Why? Because we're complacent. 70% of the people don't vote. They feel they don't have a shot. They do have a shot. We can't outvote the city. A lot of people in the city and in and around the city, they don't vote. They either illegally can't vote, and unfortunately, Cuomo is going to try and get them to vote. All the more reason we got to get out and defend ourselves. Are you just going to sit down? This is the thing. Are you just going to sit there, drop your hands? I can't do anything about it. So sucks, but I'm just going to go down with the ship. No, we don't go down with the ship. And you can move out if you have the money. It's very expensive to move out of state. Even if the cost of living where you're going is much lower, it's very expensive to move, especially if you have a family and a wife and all that other stuff. So we need to stay here. Most of us are going to stay here. Most of us are going to be here in 2020. And we need to hunker down. We need to get Cuomo out of office. We need to get Schumer out of office. We need to get a lot of these local representatives who were elected who are radical socialists. We need to get them out before they ruin this state and make it into something that isn't fixable. And we can fix it. Jeff Moore, again, I keep referencing him. We just added him this week. He's had some great viral blog posts for us on our website, Empire State Knit. Uh, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com forward slash blog about Andrew Cuomo, about free market capitalism today, a great piece earlier today, his best one yet, in my opinion. Um, Evan is writing about this as well, especially he wrote about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez today and some of these things. We need to get these people out of office, minimize the damage that they do. I mean, unfortunately, our complacency is going to result in some poor state and local legislation. It is. It's going to lead to increased taxation. It's going to lead to crony capitalism, not the type of capitalism that we're for. But we can get them out. But we got to stop being complacent. I know there are more than enough conservatives in New York City. If we got out and voted in 2020, not just for the presidency, but most, more importantly, for our local and state representatives, we can do something. So guys, go to this store, buy the wristbands, or feel free to donate. If you go to our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com forward slash donate, you can either leave us a one-time donation for any amount you want. It could be $1, it can be uh, $10,000, or anywhere in between, it can be more than $10,000. That would be very, very generous of you. But, uh, or you can donate $5 a month. 
$5 a month. That's it. Literally a cup of coffee at that progressive shithole Starbucks. And you can help support us. We want to do this more frequently. We all work jobs. Justin and I own companies. Evan works like three jobs. And we still take time to do three podcasts a week to write blog posts, to get ads and get the word out as best as we can, to make connections like Larry Sharp is coming on, Khalid Rodriguez, the leader of the black conservative movement, coming on on Friday. Vicky Palladino, a state congressional candidate, was going to run again in 2020, I think. These are people that are going to be coming on in the near future. And we're going to get more and more, and we're building momentum. We're at almost 5,000 followers on our Facebook group, but we need to, we need the support. And it's not just sharing our stuff, which we appreciate, and liking and commenting and engaging, which we want you to continue to do. But we need the support. This isn't a paycheck for us. We're doing this um, out, out of passion because we live here and we want to stay here. We don't want to even think about leaving. And we live in, obviously, very highly taxed areas. We live on Long Island, me and Evan, and Justin lives in Queens. But these are very highly taxed areas. And it's only going to get worse in the next couple of years. And many of you upstate are struggling economically, but your taxes going up too. You're feeling it just like we are. We need, and that's just one major issue. We need to do something about this. And the only way we're going to get the word out and hopefully get the Republican or conservative vote out in 2020 is if you donate to us, that will enable us to do more ads, to get out there, to make more connections, to spread the word through merchandise, through selling stupid wristbands like this, or bumper stickers, or red New York flags, or Andrew Cuomo gun range targets, and other people at the gun range seeing like, oh, that's pretty funny, that's pretty cool. Where'd you get that from? And then they can come on, they hear our message. That's how this stuff starts. But it starts with you, and I, and I I really hope, you know, we're not begging, but we really hope that you're able to spare just $5 a month. $5 a month, and that's really going to help us um, spread this message and get Cuomo out in 2020 and Schumer out and all these other um, awful socialist radicals. So for that, I am Pete. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Again, if you're watching in on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. Leave us a like and a comment. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Secular Stitcher, please follow us, subscribe. Leave a review. We really appreciate it. A five-star review. And uh, again, if you haven't checked us out online, you can check out our website, EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com, or you can go to Facebook, Empire State Conservatives. Evan's going to go through a laundry list of this anyway. So for that, I am Pete, checking out. Have a great night, everybody. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. It's Evan with Empire State Conservative Network. If you like this episode, please subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on Instagram at GetRedPilledNY, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, on Parlay at Empire State Conservatives. If you'd like to help us improve our shows, you can donate through our website at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash donate. We also have some merchandise that will be coming to you soon from our website. If you'd like to work with us in any capacity, please feel free to email us at GetRedPilled76 at gmail.com. And as always, don't let fear take your freedom.